Hey ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Ladies, welcome to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. We are continuing our Respectable Sins Bible study in today's episode, and we are talking about the sins of pride and selfishness. So I hope that you have had a chance to listen to all the other Respectable Sins studies that we've done. There has been one a month that has been coming out since January of 2020. So hopefully you have been able to follow along and you are just right on pace with me as I pick up with this one. Um, If not, if this is your first one or you've listened to a couple and you're just jumping in, I would highly encourage you to go back and to listen to all of those because they really just build on one another as we are studying through these different sins that we deem as respectable in quotes um, as we look at some of the gross sins really of our culture that tend to be very blatant and in our face. We tend to have these pet sins that we excuse in our hearts and lives thinking, well, this is under control or this isn't such a big deal or well, when compared to that, this is nothing. Um, But all sin is sin. All sin is an affront against God, an attack on the character of God. And as we pursue biblical womanhood and Christ-likeness, sin has no place in our hearts and lives. Now, I understand we are sinners. Um, you know, Lord willing, everyone that's listening is a born again sinner. You have trusted Jesus Christ as your savior and received that forgiveness offered through his blood. Um, but even so, that does not mean that we now are freed from ever sinning again or the temptation of sin. No, we're just freed from the consequences of sin because Christ's record is now imputed to our account. But we still have that old man, that sinful nature that is constantly at war with the new man within us, within the whole, with the Holy Spirit within us. In Psalm 51, 5, David says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. From the very beginning, we were sinners. We didn't have to be taught to be sinners. And you know, I'm thinking about my sweet, precious little Ivy, who is totally in the two-year-old stage of life right now. I did not have to teach her how to have a sassy attitude or how to slap her brother when he makes her mad or growl at her sister when she does something that she doesn't like. That was born into my precious, angelic, sweet child. You know, quite the contrary, I have to teach her that that is sin and that she needs a savior and that we need to act in a way that is Christ-like. And that is something that I am trying to do in my own life now as a 30-year-old here. Um, Lesson has still not been learned. 
But as we are going through this study, you know, we've been praying that verse from the Psalms that our steps would be ordered in God's word and that no iniquity would have any dominion in our lives, that it would have no power or control over our lives. And as we continue to ask that of God and study through these things, asking him to illuminate these different areas of our lives, we have come to the sins of pride and selfishness. So, as we jump in to these, you know, I really feel like these two sins are connected because pride is rooted in self and selfishness is rooted in self. So, both of these are sins that deal with how we feel and think about ourselves. And if we're all honest, I think we probably all think of ourselves way more than we ought to think. Um, Humility is a struggle for the majority of mankind, and I know that it is a struggle in my life. And there are so many different aspects that pride and selfishness rear their heads in our lives. And and we'll talk about some of those as we walk through this study today, as we ask God to illumine what areas in our heart, you know, because as I was reading this, okay, as I started the pride chapter, I thought, okay, yes, you know, I'm sure there are areas of pride in my life. I, I need to work on having more humility. But as I got really specific and started reading through God's word, studying his word and asking him, to answer that prayer, the Psalms prayer of not letting any iniquity have dominion over me, I realized areas where pride had more reign than I thought it did, or I wasn't even fully associating my behavior in an area with pride. Um, one little example. I actually was listening to a podcast one time about this lady who was talking about the area of pride in her life. And she said one of the ways that God smote her heart, that she was showing pride in her relationship with her husband, was that when she talked to him, she always wanted to share you know, what was going on in her life or what her thoughts were or her opinions. But then when it came time to hear what his thoughts were and his opinions and what God was doing in his life or what happened at work that day, she was either very short, like, okay, he could hit the highlights and then back to what I want to say, or she would kind of tune him out, you know, like, okay, I, I'm going to give full attention to my turn to speak, but now that it's your turn to speak, I'm going to be like wiping up the table and working on dinner and changing a dirty diaper, you know, oh, but I'm listening. And, you know, it, it would just kind of like hit me smack in the head because I am so guilty of that with my husband. I, I do that so much. I, I want his full wrapped attention as I pour out my heart. And usually it takes me much longer to do that than it does for him to do it to me. Um, But then the moment that he wants to share something, I'm quick to be like, oh, I got to get back to my thing. Um, Just this happens a lot. We both like to read um, and we'll often read together in the evenings. And that usually morphs into me sharing what I'm reading and him sharing what he's reading or, oh, listen to this quote. And there's so many times where I read a really good quote and I'm like, he needs to hear this is so good. He'll like this. So I say it to him and I want him to hear me. But then he wants to share a quote and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm going to keep my eyes are still scanning my page because I got to get this chapter done while he's sharing it. And you know, I would get upset if the cards were turned and that's how he was treating me. So that's just one, one area where I've, I've been thinking recently and I'm like, pride, pride's roots are so 
deep. And, you know, we have been studying botany through our homeschool. And, you know, you have that taproot type plant, like a carrot, where it does one big main root. And then you, you know, might have a few little hairy roots coming off, but it's one big root. And then you have those fibrous root systems where it is a ton of skinny branched off roots that just spread everywhere and infiltrate into so many different areas of the dirt. And I think of pride and selfishness like that fibrous root system. You know, it doesn't have one main, if I can just grab it by this and rip it up, we've got all of it out. No, it has all of these little hair roots that go deep into the nooks and crannies of our heart and grip tight. And and it requires some mining to to turn that soil of our heart, to root these things out. Um, but as we jump into this, I want to look at a couple different areas of pride. Um, the author, so I, if you are just jumping in, we're kind of walking through Respectable Sins by Jerry Bridges, the book. Um, I read the book last year. The Lord worked in my heart as I took that book and really did some intense Bible study. And then out of all of that, you're getting the overflow of me rereading the book and restudying through all of this. But if you are reading along and following along, we're going to talk about several different aspects of pride that he talks about in this book. And then I also want to share some different things that I have been learning through my devotions as I've been reading the book Comparison Girl by Shannon Popkin. Um, she has had some really convicting things to say about pride that I want to kind of tie in as we walk through these different things. But in talking about pride, there's, again, like I said, those root systems, there's so many areas of pride. And this is just going to come down to, you're going to have to get on your face with your Bible before God and ask him, where is pride in my life? It might look completely different than what it looks like in my heart then it looks like in your friend's heart, or then it looks like in the different ways that the author has brought out in this book. But the first one that he talks about is moral self-righteousness. So really having this superiority when it comes to others. And you know, there's really a wonderful example, maybe a wonderful isn't a word, it's not a good example, but there is a good example of this area of pride in the Bible when we have the religious leader that comes in and gives his big flowery prayer. You know, Lord, I thank you that I'm not as this lowly groveling sinner. You know, I've done this for you. I've done that for you. And, you know, and then we have this, this sinner that just falls on his face and says, you know, God, I, I know who I am. I know who I am in compared to you. And I'm just thankful for your mercy and for your grace. But, you know, and, and we almost see this air of disgust in this moral self-righteousness. And and all of this is rooted into pride. You know, as, as we think about this man who, through his prayer to God, was judging and condemning another man, another sinner, you know, he, in his judging of others, he then qualified himself to be judged by Christ. Christ then had to come to him and say, hey, you're judging? That is sin in your own heart. That is pride. We That needs to be dealt with. That needs to be taken care of. We need to seek an attitude of humility that is based in the truth that, hey, like David said, we were all born sinners, you know, and and if 
by God's grace, you've been saved from a life of sin, not out of a life of sin, but from a life of sin. You know, Simeon and I both have had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home. So there were a lot of things um, that we were saved from. We were not saved out of. But it, that was all by God's grace. You know, we could we could just as easily have been involved in, in a multitude of things that people who have lived a sinful lifestyle before coming to Christ have lived in. And one thing that I loved that the author said in his, in his book, uh, Respectable Sins, Jerry Bridges said, rather than feeling morally superior to those who practice the flagrant sins we condemn, we ought to feel deeply grateful that God by his grace has kept us from them or perhaps rescued us from such a lifestyle. Then we also, he talks about the pride of correct doctrine. And I think this is a delicate balance because doctrine is extremely important. Um, I, I feel like that's come through on my podcast, especially as we've been studying through Titus. I'm with my Titus 2 mentor. It is important to have doctrine that is rooted in God's word and God's word alone. And out of that, that is how we <laughs> pick a church. That's how we choose who we allow to influence us. Um, but pride can creep creep in with that if you allow yourself to have an attitude of, well, I can't learn or glean from anybody who does not cross their T's and dot their I's just like I do. Um, you know, I read a lot. You, If you've been listening or following me very long, you know that I, I love books. I love to read. Um, and, and I do try to be careful. I don't want to read heresy. I don't want to read straight up junk. Um, you know, I don't have the time or the desire to sift through that type of book because there are plenty of really good things out there that I want to read too much to fit in my lifetime. So I have to make wise choices, but I do not always read people that I 100% agree with because you know what? I really probably would not read much if I only read people that I agreed with. And you know, I, I have been able to glean from others who I, I didn't agree with. Um, Simeon would say the same thing as as he is directly involved in ministry. Um, you know, there's been a lot of times where he has had to sift and and spiritual discernment comes into play here. Um, you know, you you have to be careful. Um especially if, if you're a new Christian and you're trying to filter through what is truth, what is error, as God is developing a discerning spirit in your heart. Um, and even still, you know, I've been saved kind of since I was little, two decades now. I mean, I still ask God for this biblical discernment. Um, but I do try hard not to have a prideful spirit in this area. Um Yes, I know where I stand doctrinally based on God's word. I know what I'm going to teach my children as I try to teach them doctrine. I know what kind of church I will choose to attend and to unite myself with. And I know churches that I would not. Um, but when it comes to other things, I, I try to have a spirit of humility and remember that God uses all types of people. Um 
I'm even thinking I've been trying to read more missionary biography this year and, and we've been studying some different missionaries with the kids. And some of these missionaries who we champion who have done great things for God were not of the same denomination or some of their doctrinal beliefs were not the same as mine. As I am writing uh, hymn studies, as I wrote great hymns for growing hearts, you know, while some of these songs are so true doctrinally, um, some of the people that wrote them weren't quite the stripe that I am, but I've been able to glean from that in really the coupling of a humble spirit and biblical discernment, always filtering everything through God's word. Um, whether it's somebody that I know I don't agree with or somebody I think I might agree with, always filtering through God's word with that biblical lens. Then we transition really into talking about pride of achievement. You know, it's dangerous when we fail to realize that any success in our life, any good thing in our life is a direct result of God's blessing upon our life. All good things stem from Him, not from our own personal achievement or self-worth or ability. If we have ability, if we have talents, that has all come directly from God. So in Shannon Popkin's book, Comparison Girl, she shares a quote by C.S. Lewis. Lewis says, we say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer or cleverer or better looking than others. If everyone else became equally rich or clever or good looking, there would be nothing to be proud about. It is the comparison that makes you proud. The pleasure of being above the rest. And when I read that, I was like, ouch, (gasps) ouch, how true is that in our lives? That, yeah, it's not that, ooh, look at what I have or look at what I've accomplished or look at what I've done. It's, no, I think what I have or what I've done is better than what you have. And we don't say it like that. But we have this air of, let me flaunt this. Let me show that. Let me, you know, boast about this. And we just, we have to keep this reality. Okay, here we go again. It links all back to what we've already talked about, linking back to this ungodliness. We've got to keep God in his place in our lives so that we then have the perspective and understanding to realize the truth that if we have anything to brag about, it is only because of God and all glory be to him that whatever follows. That I can play the piano, that I have this nice home, that we got to take this nice vacation. It is all blessings from the hand of a good God to undeserving wretched sinners. We have to be very careful in regards to pride that we do not allow it to let us have a resistance to authority, especially spiritual authority authority in our lives and to have an unteachable attitude. I feel like we see that a lot really in my generation and in the generations coming where we're so opinionated and we're so indoctrinated that truth is relative, that truth is interpreted by you. Whatever your truth is, that is truth for you. That we have developed um, this resistance to authority, especially spiritual authority. Um, and we have developed this unteachable attitude where we really are like, okay, especially towards those older generations, like we almost have this air of older generations. 
I have far surpassed your level of intelligence and whatever it is that you have to share really isn't going to change my mind anyway and it's really not important enough for me to listen to and that is such a dangerous place to be um that that right there is just it really is straight up a heart of pride but we need to work on that area and really there again learn that that is not how god created it i i Keep referencing back, but all of this is so like intermingled in my heart as we're going through this year of the podcast. But we come back to the Titus too. You know, I I would miss out on such a blessing if I had that attitude with my Titus two mentor. Now, do I do some things differently than she does? Yes. Or, you know, I'm even thinking like as young moms, you know, sometimes we hear older generations of moms and you're like, well, this is the way we do things now. And I can't believe you did things like that back then. Like, do you know all the things wrong with the way that you parented your children? You know, and and whatever, you know, I, I have researched a lot and I do think a lot of the ways that we've done things have been good and beneficial for our family. And I wouldn't want to do it other ways that they might have done it, you know, way back when, but, but that doesn't mean that I can't glean, that I can't learn, that I can't be teachable or listen to some, or even be respectful and kind. Like I don't have to change what I'm doing just because you said this is how you do it. But I also don't have to have this attitude of like, okay, well, we've come a long way since then. And and I do see that kind of in mommyhood of this younger generation um, where it's just, we, we just need to be careful that we are seeking to be Christ-like in, in our responses, in the way we treat others, in our hearts, because really out of the heart comes the overflow of everything else. What comes out of the mouth? What comes out in, in your facial reactions? We need to have a heart that is rooted in humility and that is rooted in Christ-likeness. As we wrap this up, just briefly touching on selfishness because I really feel like selfishness and pride kind of is is linked. Um, but as we talk about selfishness a little bit more, um, not as, as a heart attitude, but in relation to physical blessings that God has given us. Um, and and that, that might be abilities that could be, you know, time or talents or things that God has given you that, that we choose to be selfish with. Um, but it can also be physical blessings that God has given, uh, money. That's a big one that we tend to be selfish with. Um, just being inconsiderate of others, not, um, being quick to give and quick to help and quick to share. You know, we teach our, our little ones so much, you know, oh, you need to share. Oh, you need to take a turn. Oh, you know, you need to think of others. And then when we get to be adults, we're just like, mine, mine, mine. You know, I will do what is convenient for me. But if whatever you need is outside of those boundaries of convenience, then sorry, uh, it doesn't really fit with me. And so I, I just think we just need to be so careful in these areas that we do not let pride and selfishness take root in our heart. And, you know, as we talk about these, the greatest example of humility and unselfishness is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we are striving to be Christ-like, to be like our Lord, to live in his shadow, in the reflection of who he is, pride and unselfishness have no business being 
in any part of our lives, we need to dig these out by the roots. And like I said, that's going to take work. That's going to take prayer. That's going to take labor. And it's not a one and done thing. It's like that crabgrass. You know, you leave one little piece of the root and it's going to shoot right back up. This is going to be a lifelong thing as we walk this road of sanctification and and conformity to the image of Christ. But it is something that needs dealt with. And as we are women and wives and mothers and teachers and have influence on other people's hearts, we've got to show them what it looks like to be like Christ in these areas of humility and in these areas of unselfishness. And, you know, I, I think there there are a few people that are coming to mind that I would say are humble people, that are unselfish people. And their testimony shines so brightly for Christ in that area, really, because it's a rare thing. You, you don't find people often that exhibit these qualities that have these... Um, that have really done the effort of rooting out these things in their lives. But when you do, it is such a refreshment, is such a joy. And my heart is blessed by being around them. And, and that's what I want to be, whether it's for my husband or for my children or for friends or the next door neighbor. You know, I want to be someone who is is humble, who is not full of arrogance and stubbornness and a holier than thou attitude. I want to I want to be characterized by humility. I want to be characterized by selflessness. I want to be known as one who's quick to give, quick to love, quick to sacrifice. Um and you know, I think there's no better place to practice these two things than within the wall of your home, with your husband, with your children, living this out. And that might mean that you need to go and I need to go and ask them for forgiveness for not being Christ-like in these areas. And and to let them know, hey, mommy, babe, I'm working on this in my life. Can you pray for me? Can you pray that God will help me root out pride and selfishness? Can you pray that God will give me eyes that will be discerning and see opportunities to be quick to serve, to be quick to give of myself, of my time, of my talents, of my treasures, so that I can minister, so that I can be a better picture of Christ within the walls of our home. And if you're doing that in your home, if I'm doing that in my home, that's going to spill outside of the walls of your home. That's going to bless others. And that is going to be used as a light to draw others, either saved people further down that road of sanctification as they see Christ in you, or the lost, it will show them there's something different about that person. And I need to know what it is. So ladies, I just want to challenge you as you're praying through pride and selfishness. Um, really, hopefully you kind of chew on this between now and our next Respectable Sins Bible Study, which will be in a month. Um, hopefully you'll take these next couple weeks and just pray through this. Ask God to illumine in your life What needs to change so that you can be more Christ-like? And then model that. Model that to your husband and to your children and to those that God has put in your sphere of influence. Model Christ-likeness. Model a submissive, humble spirit who is always quick to serve and, and quick to give of oneself 
to to love and to minister to others just as Jesus Christ did. So let me close this episode out in prayer, and I look forward to joining you ladies again on the No Higher Calling podcast. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, that it shines into our heart and it reveals the truth of who we are and who we need to be as we seek to mirror your image. I pray that you will help me and help each one of these listeners to root pride and selfishness out of our hearts, that we will yield ourselves completely to you, that you will allow us to grow in these areas, and that we will see um, Christ-likeness being formed in, the, in our person, and then also being passed on to those that you've given us to influence and to love that we can better serve them as we try to be more like Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.